Hello and welcome to What We've Learned. Once again, it's myself and as ever, I'm joined by Shane Redding. Hi, Shane. Hi. All well? All good. 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 Excellent, in fact, or experienced and excellent, as we're going to talk about. So today's topic, interesting for, for the listener, I hope, uh, two areas we're going to talk about today. We've got a, a guest with us who is in the customer experience field, a director of customer experience in his SaaS company. But um, we also want to pick at uh, the journey. So how a passion for music, drum and bass and DJing can then lead on to investigating and exploring social and digital and ultimately how we can wed those two areas together. So that customer experience and what insight and analytics can teach us. So Shane, who have we got? Tell us about our guest. So Sam Hill is joining us and loads to take away from today's chat. And also, I think sort of one of the nicest things I've actually ever read about somebody on LinkedIn in a testimonial, and I think it will come through when we, we listen to Sam, is that um, Andreas Poros at Greenlight, Sam's previous boss, um, has written about him and called him one of the most logical, mathematical, linguistic and talentational EQ curious and humble individuals and I think Sam really delivers that as we chat through with him today. Amazing and what's Sam's current role Shane? So um, Sam is currently Director of Customer Experience. And that's infinity as we're going to hear. Amazing so and, and actually dear listener I'm sure you're going to you hear that uh, testimonial is not all hot air there's lots of brilliance coming from Sam uh, not least for the fact that we know Shane and I that Sam's moved house recently and has been wrestling with the internet demons uh, and he's done pretty well there are occasional glitches when we talk to him but I'm sure that won't put you off the fact this is going to be a really interesting 40 minutes or so so let's bring out Sam Hill. So really um, pleased, Sam, that you can join us today. It's one of the joys of virtual networking during lockdown is, is meeting new contacts and uh, the pleasure of meeting you on one such Zoom call. I was really taken by the fact that you um, have the role as Director of Customer Experience at Infinity. And it would be really nice to know just what does the job entail? Thanks, Shane and, and Stephen. And, and thanks for having me. I'm very pleased to be here. Uh, like the, the broader job of customer experience director, I guess in the world of infinity uh, is, is, is unifying all of our customer facing uh, functions. So with our customer success team, our support team that are regularly engaged from our customers, as well as our solutions, our training function and onboarding function as well. So it's, I guess it's unifying those teams and ensuring that there's a consistent and quality experience for our customers customers at every step of the journey, all the way from pre-sales through to customers being advocates of us, you know, six to 12 to what, to two years down the line. Um, so that's ultimately uh, the focus that I have as customer experience director is to align those teams and ensure that we have a, a really high quality experience for our customers at every step of their journey in, in terms of their engagements with, with, our, with our business. And Sam, I wonder, a chicken and egg question, I guess, from what you've just said, was the role already there and you came into it or were you the first CS director in the company? I just wonder what, for people listening in, there'll be organisations where they haven't got a CX. What, what was the tipping point to say, right, we need somebody looking after all of this area? Mm, so the, the business had actually made the step to, to restructure the function to be under the banner of CX, but just without a, a leader in place. So 
Um, I guess it's, it's relatively forward thinking in terms of making that change of, of presenting it to the outside world as a CX function, but without the actual position of authority to direct it. So I think there was an understanding uh, across the business that uh, in order to really accelerate and elevate the quality of the experience for our customers at all different touch points, it needed someone to bring the whole piece together. Um, so uh, that's hence the role was, was created and that presented the opportunity for me to, to come on board to the business. And uh, for me personally, I, I have worked with some of the contacts at, at the business previously, which, which helped in terms of my uh, understanding of, of Infinity in the business and also uh, the management team in place. So that I suppose had some bearing on, on, on the decision for, for me to come in, into that role. Um, but the, uh, the decision to actually construct the function in, in the first place was one that was constructed before I even reached the, the conversation of joining the business. So that Sam, that's, I sorry, think sorry. that's really interesting. Yeah, sorry, we're both, both Steve we're and I. Jumping over each other to ask you questions. <laughs> too much excitement, right? Yeah, exactly. It is too much exactly. excitement. And the reason being is because, it's, as you know, Sam, and I think it's an area that I do a masterclass on is, is, is this customer experience area and that ability to look end to end. And I wonder whether Infinity, in your view, sort of is ahead of the curve because of the space it's in. And we haven't talked much about what it is that actually Infinity does. It's a SaaS-based business, that's correct, isn't it, tech business? Yep, B2B SaaS uh, products. Uh, do you want a quick brief overview of what we do? Yeah. Yeah, so we're ultimately a cool tracking company. We, 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 we regard it as, uh, we elevate that in terms of calling it cool intelligence. So, so we look at... Uh, we provide uh, technology that ultimately uh, allows customers to connect the dots between their, their customers that um, perhaps come into them via various marketing channels, uh, come onto their, their websites, and then ultimately engage them via the telephone uh, and come into their call centers, whether that's sales calls or whether that's service calls. And we're able to connect the dots between that, that telephone conversation, what, what's being said and discussed on that conversation back to originating marketing channels as well or, or the behavior that a customer has uh, uh, or the journey the customer has been on on their website so it provides that data um, through to um, our customers to to be able to understand perhaps you know the, the detail or the depth of you know their, their marketing campaign performance just making sure that they're fully aware of what that's driving and um, because typically in the world of e-commerce um, it's able it's possible to measure that because the transactional happens there and then on the website but when that conversation goes on to the telephone um, many businesses are not able to actually track or, or connect the dots between the original marketing channel and the, the ultimate outcome of the telephone conversation so that's that's um, what we do as a business it, it goes into a lot more depth than that but uh, I don't want to talk on for about 45 minutes around what we do um, can you go back to the original question Shane sorry I've lost my train of thought it was very much that that because you're in that area of understanding customer behavior, if you like, through essentially mm -hmm. you say sales calls, customer service calls, whether you felt that actually there was that realization within the, your sector, that tech business sector of customer understanding um, that it was necessary to have this CX role. That was the question, really. Are you ahead of the curve? I I think we are. Um, if I look at uh, our our direct competitors and, and and some others more broadly in in the, I guess the telecom space, if we look at our business generally, uh, I'm not 
not seeing many others that are structured in a similar way. I think this, I think this is a relatively new thing in SaaS generally to have customer experience under one banner. Um, there are businesses that are starting to do it. Do it. I've, I've come across on LinkedIn a number of um, CX directors in, in different sectors of, of uh, uh, SaaS that I'm starting to connect with and, and get into the community of that a little bit to understand the ways that they're approaching things. Um, but I'm not seeing it so much in our space. So I think within, certainly within the world of cool tracking technology and, and telecoms more, more generally, um, this is quite, quite new. Um, I think that we've, uh, as a business understood the importance of it there's there's a lot of research that's that's out there now that that sort of talks about um, the role of cx and how important that is in the buying process and how customers that are in their decision making uh, through purchase are, are really looking to understand not just the the cost not just what the product does but also what the service is going to be that they're going to get um, from from a, a either a platform or a provider or a different business that they may be considering um, so there's within the pre-sales um, elements of uh, the journey customer experience is incredibly important it's, it's, it's important for me as I've come into this business to to help the to help the sales team to talk about actually what it is that we do um, within customer experience once a, a customer is onboarded um, so that they can feel that comfort that they're going to be looked after and they've got all the right communication channels that they they need to interact with us um, to, to help make their decision a, a nicer one. So um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yes. it, it, well, it answers. It, it, in fact, it doesn't just answer Sam, it provokes a, a question for me as well because I, I, I like Shane, like yourself, you know, CX is I, I'm a big advocate of. I think it's a really important area for business. But I wonder for anyone listening in that believes or doesn't is how do you articulate, how do you measure the success of CX? And you may not be able to you know, talk to us about exact KPIs, but for anyone that's trying to win this battle, is there a measure, how do you, can you prove the value of CX in a business by the changes that it allows for? Yeah, I think there, there are two primary indicators that, that I like to look at. One of them is, is retention of our customer base. Um, so if you're doing a good job and you're satisfying your customers, uh, then ultimately you'll see that in being able to retain those customers. So that, that can be that, uh, you know, there's influence on that and that, um, you know, if, they, if they're pleased with just the product generally, or, or in our case, it's the data platform. And if they're just happy with the, with the data that's coming through, that could help to retain, but you can, you can take a, an understanding or, or some level of value from the service that if you are retaining your customers, you're doing a reasonable job at looking after them. Um, the, the, other, the other indication of, of, I guess, positive experience comes through when you're looking at customer satisfaction serving. Um, so we, we do monitor this. Um, you, you've got the net promoter score, which you can typically look at, but um, we're trying to elevate that and, and, and look at a slightly richer um, surveying uh, process where we, we go to our customer base and, and talk to them about, you know, how satisfied are you currently with the service we're providing or the platform and its features um, and, and uh, generally speaking, that the overall value that the business is providing to you currently. And we give them the, the forum through that survey um, to provide any feedback. And we look at the overall satisfaction scores that come back and we're able to then benchmark and, and have a look at how we're doing and, and possibly where where things may may uh, you know if there are any instances where those scores are coming through low with feedback we can then address that as, as a function and always iterate and improve the experience that we're providing 
really interesting on both of those. I mean, retention to me, I'm really passionate about the importance of customer retention. And mm. I think this year has shown that more than ever in terms of you, you know, you, you can't mind grow, but even survive unless you, you really work hard at that. But it's interesting you say on the move from NPS and for looking something a bit richer. And that's an area I know people listening are tackling with. And it's something I've spoken to with, with my peers and some are moving to things like customer effort score um, how easy is it to work with a business mm-hmm. and also looking to overlay social advocacy. Um, but it's not easy, is it, Sam, in terms of putting those KPIs in place and trying to link them together? So any tips from no. what you're doing? No, it is very challenging. Um, so I, we ultimately use our core system is, is uh, Salesforce in the business. Um, we, we've got a, a surveying tool um, where we have now configured that to connect to to salesforce and all of our reporting is then done out of our core crm that is salesforce so just to give you a, a bit of a deeper overview of how we how we actually monitor different um satisfaction metrics we do have um, an overarching customer satisfaction survey that goes out to our customer base but we also look at um, monitoring and, and surveying at slightly more specific touch points such as our support cases um, each one has a uh, its own specific um, survey that goes out as well as our training um, uh, events they are followed up with a, a survey as well uh, in addition to our onboarding journey so each of these different engagements that our customers have with us do have a survey attached to them and then that's mapped uh, automatically into our system um, in, in Salesforce which enables us to then look at over a time period what is the average score across this set of customers for this touch point say that's um, training sessions and we can have a look at the uh, look at the numbers at the top line level through some dashboard reporting that we've set up um, and it's very easy for us to then be able to monitor that on a, a weekly and a monthly basis to to understand what the trend looks like so are the things that we're doing to try and improve the service having an impact in improving scores or is the impact of the macroeconomic environment having a having a hindrance on overall scores and what can we do about that um, so there, there are various uh it's, it's quite more it's a little bit more complex when you get under the bonnet of it all and we have tried to be quite granular in our approach because if you're just looking at it as a top line um nps um you know one question piece it just, just doesn't give you the richness of data to actually really understand what your customers are are truly thinking about all the different engagement or interactions that they may be having having with you as a business it's really interesting in terms of NPS. I remember learning a number of years ago with a client in IT security that where they asked that question was so important and they were really brave rather than a lot of companies with NPS um, will use it as a kind of slightly fudge number to say, well, if we put the satisfaction question uh, at the, at, you know, at a positive part of the journey, then we're going to get an artificially high score and that's great. Mm. And we can pat ourselves on the back, but they were brave enough to say, well, we're going to put it on. And it was in their support area where typically people are in, you know, a, a level of crisis and are negative and stressed because the product's not working or they can't do it. It was a really, really important learning for me is when you ask the MPS question um, affects the score and, and how honest that output is that back yeah. to the understanding that the CX, the experience is, is so important. Yeah. The, the MPS score for us goes into our overarching satisfaction survey, which goes out of frequency of, of every other month. So um, this is actually new. 
though so this this particular survey itself is new and is, is going out to our customers as as we speak ultimately but um uh, that is is in place now and, and has a question set of around about seven different questions including the nps um and it's designed to go out bi-weekly so that we we're, we're not necessarily capturing all of our customers at one particular point in the journey which could as you say manipulate either the mm. the, the positive or negative sentiment that comes through um so uh yeah it's quite key for me in particular to be able to across quite a a large customer base be able to see those trends um over, over, a, over a more reasonable time period it's more taking sort of if you like the pulse of your patient um rather exactly than just that, sort yeah. of yeah a, a once a year checkup which is i think a great advice the other thing that when we chatted before sam that i found really interesting is because of your call tracking software this year you've probably had information before even the clients you're working for have had about how the markets are behaving if you like you, you, that macroeconomic mm -hmm. environment and in terms of adding value back to your clients do you is that something that you've seen with your lens of customer experience that that is something that you realize you had that and you took out to the clients yeah so that's a really interesting point so we we do have um a very good feel for um the i guess the the general we also call it the pulse actually of of, of our, our business and that is uh, that results or manifests from the the health of our customer base because we can see our, our cool volumes that are tracked ebb and flow with the health of our customers um so if if businesses are doing well and 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 customers are growing and making more conversations with them we'll see that come through in our data uh, and, and, and as we've seen this year, it has been a challenging environment and we can see the trends of how COVID and, and lockdown one and lockdown two have impacted things, which gives us a really powerful lens on, on, I guess, the health of the general economy to some extent, because we've got enough customers across enough sectors to get a good feel. Um, now, how, how we've been using that data, and I'm relatively new into the business, so I can't comment for earlier on in lockdown, but it, it's helped us to understand uh, what sectors in particular are more impacted than others um, and where some of those sectors are, are particularly strongly impacted we can then think about what is our approach to our comms that we're going out to our customers with so um, perhaps changing the message from one of being let's take an, a, a sector that has been clearly affected which is travel and and that is quite a key sector of ours as a business so um, as we all know the travel industry has, has been hindered as, as people are unable to um, fly from place to, to place internationally um, and even domestically so um, we have therefore had a look at um, how we can support our customers best through this time using the data and the, the sector understanding travel has been impacted and, and be able to start shifting the message from being that of how do you grow your 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 activity or your customer base currently to providing perhaps operational efficiencies or marketing efficiencies um, so shifting the message and the value proposition to, to ensure that our customers are truly and continually getting value out of the product uh, rather than perhaps you know if they had in the first place bought it to support their growth ambition uh, it could be that they find you know deep deeply into lockdown as the sector has been struggling that from a growth perspective actually infinity is not the right platform for them um, but the, the platform can do a lot more 
that then, then provide opportunities for spotting growth within your marketing campaigns. We can help you be much more efficient with those, with those campaigns and cutting out wasted spend. We can also find other operational efficiencies in, in the way that you conduct uh, your, your cool conversations or cool handling within call centers or uh, what uh, various other operational benefits to the, to the platform as well. So um, I guess in answer to your question, Shane, we, we have, tried to be very smart about using the, the sector data we have uh, in order to be more specific with the, the value proposition within each individual sector, because there's, there's so much variance of who's doing well and who's not doing well currently. It, Sam, it's really interesting. It, it triggers something, a thought from way back when, when I was client side 20 years ago, that what you're articulating there with that call intelligence is something I've tried to do and, and certainly have advocated to do many times, but it's just difficult because it's such a volume of unstructured audio data is, you know, it, the, the loop back between your call centers, whether that's sales or service or both and, and marketing communication is if we could have more time to understand what are the main uh, objections uh, or questions, you know, almost like an FAQs that people, our call center guys pick up on a phone every day about a product we mm -hmm. could learn from that to proactively change our marketing to make sure the messaging kind of counters or covers those questions, objections. And, and what you've just articulated for me, not only feels like it's a real way into mining that sentiment and that insight and that questioning, um, but I, I also wonder whether, uh, and fa funny, I was teaching yesterday and the main questions of students, digital marketing students was around attribution, which as you know, we all know is the holy grail of marketing. Uh, it seems like it probably gives a good lens on that as well that you know they're not converting online as you say google analytics can cover that but steve sent something he sees a social media campaign or something and then the conversion is over the phone mm -hmm. we're starting to turn on lights there as it feels like as well is that fair yeah absolutely so the two things that you're touching on there and um, just on your latter point around the attribution, absolutely that, and that's what it's designed to do to be able to connect the dots between uh, performance and then and then for, for particular businesses, which they may take sales or service calls, um, rather than transacting the customer online, um, we're able to connect the dot back to the outcome of that call, back to the originating marketing source. And that doesn't necessarily need to be an online marketing source, that could be an offline marketing source, because we, we can provide fixed numbers, um, which enable a customer to, for example, track a, a TV campaign a telephone number or a billboard ad telephone number back to a, a telephone conversation. Um, so we can do that as well in terms of connecting our offline journey to offline journey rather than necessarily online to offline. Um, so that's quite powerful in its own right um, and, and sometimes misunderstood uh, as well even across our own customers that, that that capability is there because they've brought us on to be a you know a digital marketing um, uh, analytics platform to help them support their online activity but that, that you, you know, it's about us being able to educate them to actually, you know, your, your wider business can benefit from this in terms of your offline activity as well. But um, the, the other points you, you touched on around in call center and finding efficiencies for, for call handlers, that, that's also a, a huge um, op, you know, opportunity for our customers in terms of finding those, those efficiencies or, or being able to train their call handlers more effectively. Um, we actually have a, a feature of the platform called Conversation Analytics, which uh, looks at the transcriptions of telephone conversations and then automates the process of being able to analyze those. So 
if you're looking to spot that particular keywords are being said on a telephone conversation and, and the volume of times that that's happening, either by the customer, um, because you're looking for key, maybe key purchase intent, or by the call handler, because you want to make sure that they're saying the right things on the call, we're able to do that in an automated way and be able to map that all back into the reporting interface within the platform. So there's some really intelligent stuff that's, that's happening in the background, uh, which we can surface through some very simple and effective reporting to be able to provide that intel to our, to our customers to actually be able to affect the way that they're either analyzing the conversations, handling the, the calls, training their staff, um, from from an operational point of view and as you say that that can result into training material or, or or different sort of top tips or top top challenges that are coming through from their customers and the, the, the holy grail for me is then mapping that back to the, the online journey and being able to improve your you know your support content on within a help section of the website or wherever that may sit so that you're actually trying to educate the customer not needing them to come through on the telephone conversation so when if it's a service type of call your your goals or aims may be to try and actually reduce the burden on your contact center to save cost uh, therefore you want to improve the content within your help section of the website and our, our, our platform can allow you to do that i think that deep understanding that you've just shown there sam shines through sort of our omni-channel world and how in the past it's been seen as difficult as Steve said but actually the tools are there now and, and we're able to to do so much more than perhaps many organizations realize but the thing that fascinates me and I haven't raised this so far but you're a director of CX at, at what age Sam? Um, 32. 32. Well I'm I should sure... to like you Sam as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm really intrigued I'm sure a lot of people will be also really interested is is that you know that deep knowledge that you've just shown and how you've got to the position you've got um, with that knowledge you know where did you start this journey you know that that it sounds really interesting that you deeply understand as I say the channels and how they work together so so what's taken you on the path to get there because there's going to be other people going wow that's that's super impressive how do I do that <laughs> I swear. Well, thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm going to put the question slightly differently, Sam, if I may, just for yeah. my bent on it. The, the president of the Drum and Bass Society at Portsmouth University, <laughs> as a starting point, director of CX, yes. a, a call intelligence company. Fill in the blanks for us. I really hope that hadn't come up today, Steve. But, uh, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> that's I'm, a great. I, it's a great my to skew to towards it, Sam, because I'm with you completely. We can talk Chase and Status and all sorts later, but, um, it's, it's but we'll answer Shane's question it, first. It's interesting you raise it because the two things are actually deeply connected. So um, when I was a young and aspiring teenager um, and had a, a, an interest in dance music, I, I decided what do I want to do with my life, and I decided... Uh, particularly after watching the, uh, and having a lot of passion around Kevin and Perry go large, the movie that was out at the time, um, I decided I wanted to be a DJ. So um, I got very into dance music and DJing. And as part of that, uh, when I, this is when I'm around about 15 years old now, um, I decided, and it was quite new at the time, I suppose, to be getting into the world of, of website development because I wanted to, and social media when in the likes of MySpace to, first launched and being able to use those platforms to be able to promote what I was doing as a DJ, whether that's individually the, the, uh, the, the mixes and tracks that I was working on or some, some local events that are starting to help to organize. So 
Um, I got into, uh, I was I probably one of, one of the first people in school to have a computer in my room and got into the likes of, of a bit of basic HTML web design. Um, so I started to get a bit of a, a, a it, I didn't ever really consider this to be anything that would have a bearing on my professional career, but just an understanding of the world of technology and um, some level of passion around that. And that manifested into getting to understand the, the power of marketing um, a little bit more. And this just happened organically rather than through any sort of um, course or, or, or um, there was nothing I was doing necessarily at, um, at college or university after it that um, educated me on the message. It happened naturally and uh, I got to start use, use my own, I guess, desire and ambition to try and continually elevate uh, what I was doing to just research online how I could better market to, to audiences using using platforms like MySpace, um, and uh, to to enhance the quality of the websites that I was designing, and and then connecting the two together in terms of directing traffic onto the website and and bringing bringing my audience into there, and that, I guess that was the the roots that kind of sowed the roots of the direction of travel after that. So I then um, after university found myself into a, a, a position as a social media um, executive at a recruitment firm um, and I uh, very quickly uh, evolved that just throughout my own desire and ambition really to be a social media role through, through to more of a more of an all-encompassing digital marketing executive role because I just had interest in not just um, using LinkedIn and, and Facebook but also starting to optimize the websites that we had from an SEO point of view and started to get involved in PPC campaigns. And um, I just kind of drove that. No one was doing that in the business. And I, I just through research of looking at digital marketing blogs, I thought, okay, well, this is also what we should be doing. So I just got stuck in and set Sam, up an just, I just want to jump in there because I'm, I'm, the, the role you joined this recruitment firm as, was mm -hmm. it as a digital marketing exec? It was, a, was, so, it it was a, a social media exec. So my, my role was to come in and to help the business to market themselves on social platforms so that's linkedin and facebook in particular were two platforms that we were focused on um so uh, linkedin heavily as you can actually understand and um i guess that being around 10 years ago linkedin was a very popular and powerful platform but the, the recruitment element of it wasn't quite as robust as it is now and you didn't have certainly didn't have the um, the pay for re recruitment solutions that you you do now on LinkedIn. So, I, I guess I just saw an opportunity for the recruiters in the business to start using the platform to connect to their candidates that they were trying to to speak to 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 fill their roles that they had. And I just I just um, I knew how to network on LinkedIn. I knew how to use the tools. So, I was able to then just provide training to all of the recruiters across the business. I think I went through about a hundred recruiters and in, in, in small sessions of, of training to help them to, to use the platform. And then to be able to prove the value, um, I guess, which for me was, I felt quite smart at the time because it was relatively new into the role was just being able to then think, uh, okay, what value is this platform having and how are we measuring the impact of it? So I was, I was able to work with our, our systems admin to just, update our CRM to say what was the source of the candidate that, that the recruiters were able to find and just put a checkbox in for LinkedIn and every time that they found someone through LinkedIn we started measuring that on, on a monthly basis and over time that the value 
of um, of hired um, candidates from from the plat- LinkedIn platform just went up exponentially, and um, therefore we could start to once the recruitment solutions and the pay for solutions started to come around, it helped to help me to be able to easily produce a business case for for further investment into some of those features, which then had the knock-on effect of much more effective use of the tool as well. So uh, that's some of, that's some, that's what I was there to do um, in that recruitment firm anyway. But um, I, I expanded that out into into uh, Google Ads um, and set up a Google Ads account and started doing some PPC advertising um, just to capture the the search volume for specific high-value um, sectors that we were recruiting within. Uh, and able to start tracking the performance of that and, and then got involved in a, in a few other bits around the website and experience of the website too. But um, I was there for a year and a half um, and then uh, subsequently took the decision to, to, you know, if I really wanted to elevate um, my career within the world of digital was to, to join an agency within a digital agency within London. So uh, at that point, I then um, took the switch across in into uh, an agency called Greenlight Digital uh, in London, which is the full-service digital marketing agency. When I actually joined, it was a more specifically search-focused um, agency, so SEO and PPC in particular. And over the course of my time there, the, the business naturally evolved with the, the needs of our customers to service more channels, um, which is which was brilliant for me in, in, in order to get more exposure to the broader la- digital landscape. Uh, so I, I guess my role, I joined there as an SEO exec uh, in 2000 and. 11 2011 12 uh, and just stuck with with that agency for the period of nine years um, and just uh, my my growth in in that role um, progressed relatively well uh, into into a client partner where I was overseeing a, a portfolio a high portfolio of customers and uh, a team of account executives all the way up to account directors uh, and that it was the point where I, I decided to take the quite significant step change, I suppose, into into the world of SaaS and Infinity. And I had had exposure to cool tracking technology whilst I was at Greenlight. So I had a bit of an understanding of the platform or, or the types of platforms or the technology and what it can do um, because of my role within the digital marketing world. Um, I, I, I leveraged platforms like Infinity to help prove the value of the activity that we were running um, for our customers uh, from, from an agency perspective. So I did have... Uh, I, guess some grounding on on the capability uh, of, of the platforms which has helped me tremendously uh, in terms of joining this new role now to get my head around the technology and what we do and how our customers use it um, which I suppose has had quite a lot of value in, in transitioning across. It's, it's, Sam, it's, I should write it down, it's a kind of here's your playbook, anyone who's listening into their 18 year old self go right here's how you just map out the next 10 years but it, it it's a it's a really interesting story because it obviously it starts from a passion, right? You, the music helped and you found, as, as a number of people do, but probably not enough, that although your passion, and I'm, perhaps if you re- I won't put you on the spot schedule, do you, do you miss out not being an Ibiza DJ? Um, <laughs> there's still time for that. Um, but is that you've, you've harnessed that passion and that learning there has helped you to the next step and to the next step. But the, the neutrality that comes out from what you've described is, and a phrase you've just used is prove the value of the activity that's running. Uh, and that's whether you've been doing that for social and, and um, recruitment almost sounds like very early stages social selling, given that was what probably 10 years ago. 
um, through to the digital, the broader, through to search, through to the work at Greenlight and now beyond is you've got a really nice thread running through, which I think a lot of people can learn from is actually we can be agnostic. What you're looking for is what are we doing and how are we proving it's the right thing to be doing rather than that classic old quote of marketing advertising of I know 50% of my my advertising's working I just don't know which 50% you're exploring but being accountable as you go which I think is a really nice learning for anyone listening in absolutely it, yeah that's it, so what's so what next then Sam we, we've got the you know we've got the drum and brace to the modern day uh, where, where's the where's the next year or so looking what's the outlook for for what you'll be doing in that cx role for for the coming months for me it's it's um there's there's a lot to, to do I, I think coming from the agency agency world it's, it's given me a, a pretty good grounding on on customer servicing within uh, particularly within the digital agency agency world so there's a lot that I can take from my experience previously at Greenlight and apply it into, into the world of infinity just to, and I, one of the strands or, or the themes that I'm, I'm trying to run through the team is, is this of elevating the conversation. And whilst we're a data platform, it's incredibly important for our customers to ensure that they're using that data effectively to, to generate positive outcomes. And, Sometimes our customers are able to do that. They've got effective people and they've got well, well, well resourced teams that can, that can, you know, understand the technology and how to apply it. There are, there are some instances where our customers take the platform, uh, on board the platform and then actually, you know, over time, just the, um, the, the capacity may change within their teams or certain people may move around and uh, then some of the understanding of using the platform gets lost and, um, it becomes a data platform, but not a platform that's necessarily adding value so what i just want to ensure from from our side uh, uh, from a customer experience side that that value is always being felt and that we are elevating the conversation that we're having with our customers and our our capability as a customer servicing team um to be able to to direct them in the in the right direction so i'm trying to help support our teams on on understanding how to use some of the bid management platforms that our customers are using to be able to actually have a look at their data and pick out opportunities or insights from that data using, using the, the infinity call tracking data that's been overlaid to, to make some suggestions. And um, I guess that that's taking it from the step of us saying, you know, here's a tool and are you happy with the tool? And you know, what, what do you like, what do you not like about it to actually saying, here's our tool, here's the data. I can see it connected into your bid management platforms. I can see these campaigns are not affected. Uh, performing particularly well i'd recommend you switch some of your budget from here to here or to something with this and it, it then just ensures that that value that value is being 100 percent realized um so that that's a a key focus of mine under the umbrella of um elevating the conversation uh, for, for next year uh, there's a number just of on that sam i think that's a really that that insight that the biggest challenge that SaaS firms have is not how brilliant their tool is it's how brilliantly it's used and deployed and I, I really yeah. urge everybody to sort of think about that and, and I love the fact you're focusing on that and how you add value and ensure that the customers get true back value out of the using because as we know and you you started the conversation earlier about how do you measure success around customer experience and retention and the mm. other one is of course is usage because if they stop using it um, and they don't see the value then it doesn't matter how brilliant the platform is um, 
you're basically, yeah, your market withers away. So I think that's really interesting challenge of how you deliver what's almost consulting services because the strategic model could take you in a number of directions. There's some platforms obviously that have got an ecosystem of value added partners. There's other tech firms that are doing it themselves. So interesting challenge facing you ahead and I'm a brilliant one to be working on. So I, I stopped you mid flow because I just felt that point was such a, an important one. And, and that, that, there's, there's an interesting point in that as well, just to, I guess, to add as a caveat for, for anyone listening that um, you've, got, you've got to be cautious, right, in the world of SaaS, you want to be able to scale and grow very quickly. Um, now, if you add too much of a service element on top of that, then that can cause, you know, that could in theory cause a blocker to, to, to be able to scale. So um, you, what we are trying to do there is look at that from a services point of view where um, we segment our customers by those that need that that support and then have a look at ways that we can deliver it via automation. So whether that's servicing insights within the platform, uh, our reporting suite um, uh, in, in more of an automated way that we can more effectively scale um, is, is the route that we're trying to go down and then, then just supporting that with some comp complementary services for certain customers that need it. So it's just about being smart about where you, you provide that additional support to your customer base but um yeah acutely conscious that it's not always easy or or, or possible to do when you when you're trying to be very op operationally slick and trying to scale quickly it's it's, it's fascinating and it, it's that turning on the lights that really gets me sam the, the idea that you can you can uncover that insight and information for lots of different purposes it's really 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 positive to hear and uh, very compelling uh, in fact, it makes me have to think I've got to rewrite a presentation on CX that I'm delivering next week. So we'll pick that up after the podcast. Um, listen, final question, because we always try and ask to, to wrap things up, a, a final single piece of advice on, on what you've learned. I wonder whether, just for anyone listening in, that as we started with that CX role, that's trying to either... Uh, change the, the direction of travel for business that doesn't get it or is just on the foothills of we're about to turn on a CX function, whether it's a team or a person or both. Any kind of guiding principles for somebody that where they should start, where to plot that path on, on where to go with CX in the early days? Uh, I think that's a good question. Um, I I wasn't part of the conversation in, in, from Infinity's standpoint, so I haven't been, been through and lived that journey with them and how they constructed it internally. And I, my, my assumption or my, my, I guess my advice from, from stepping into the role um, in terms of how I have conducted things personally is just to ensure that you've, you've, got, to ensure, you've got to identify the need for it and, and have buy-in for that function or that need throughout the business and embed that into the organization. So... I guess it's important to make sure that at a senior level that there's broader understanding and, and buy into the need for, for customer experience because it needs to be embedded in every stage of the journey. So that's, that is uh, an absolute requirement. Um, and then it's setting out a vision, um, a vision for what you're trying to achieve, the, the level that you're trying to, 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 to raise the bar to um and and what your general plan is to in order to achieve and unlock that and just have a realistic realistic uh, approach and, and roadmap that doesn't try to tackle everything in one go it looks it starts deeply with the analysis and planning um and then you look at the execution because 
there's 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 so much that can come under the umbrella of a, a customer experience and i can see that how you could get very quickly lost in small little tactical things here and there that that kind of may or may not necessarily have a an impact um and you can do sight of the overarching vision of what you're trying to achieve so that would that would be some some advice there um and i i guess just being clear on on what the overarching objectives or, or, or measurables are that you're trying to influence. I guess going back to the top of our conversation, it's looking at the net retention numbers and the customer satisfaction numbers and um, making sure you've got some, some very good uh, understanding of the metrics and, and then reporting um, an automated reporting set up in order to be able to measure over time. You know, is this, is this stuff actually having an impact um, because that's going to be the important question at the end of the day, you know, whether you're six, 12 months in or two years into a, to a strategy um, to elevate customer experience, someone's going to ask the question, um, what impact is it actually having? Um, so I'll just make sure and be sure that once you've got everyone bored into the vision and you've got a roadmap set out, you've got a way of measuring it as well. Well, a big thanks to Sam there. I, I really, really enjoyed that, Shane. I think lots and lots to take out. What do you what do you take from there? Well, I, I take from there that you've just got envy and you want to go back to the world of drum and bass. <laughs> I did want more time to discuss and maybe we'll pick this up online. Chase and status versus Goldie discuss. But um, maybe that's a little bit niche for some of our audience, maybe even for some of our co-hosts, Shane. Who knows? Uh, you, how, how dare you? I have deep conversations with my hairdresser about drum and bass and she goes all over the world to their festivals. I know far more than I ever did Um two years ago well that's good because i at least most of us will know it's not done in bradstreet these days as well which is excellent anyway listen more seriously what, what did you take from what we've just heard from sam oh to me it's all about how if you have a passion for something um that, that it can take you a very long way and in, in this case you know obviously into a career and to be made a director at 30 i'm in a great i'm a great fan of it's all about talent um, and applying that talent and it's it's not about age and I think that you know that's something that Sam's demonstrated is just that absolute passion for measurement um, and being able to bring that in um, to all of the different roles he's had um, is just inspiring and brilliant. Yeah I you? think so. No I think the thread from that actually the, the two areas I really liked was the what he did uh, very well, and that journey, as you've said, that passion for music that's taken him on that journey, he's learned as he's gone. And I think it's shaped and framed where he's at now. And um, customer experience, no doubt, is an important topic. It's a hot topic. But what I really liked is his thoughts on how you actually evaluate and measure it, because I think a lot of organisations do CX without really understanding the value of CX. So I, I think there was a lot of good in there, making it accountable, not just a kind of tick box or a glamour exercise because everyone else is doing it. Um, and then actually what the guys are doing in his organisation, working with that telephony data, it was a real um, retrospective light bulb, as I said, when we spoke with him. I, for years I've been advocating this, but I haven't had a way to do it, is if you can get at that data, not only does that telephone conversation help you understand from a marketing communication point of view well what are the objections what are the features and benefits whatever it might be that might inform your next campaign but back to that value is the ability to attribute that somebody's gone online and has ended up on a call or is offline to offline that's that holy grail shane as we know is attribution so a really really nice way to 
to try and bring those two ends together. Absolutely. And I'm really hoping that when um, our listeners have, um, have finished this episode, they're going to jump onto the LinkedIn thread and join the conversation about customer experience, some of the challenges, but also this opportunity, as you say, to join the dots. Um, and I think it will have inspired a lot of people to, to take a different look, as it has with both you and with me. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the conversation that will come afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very practically as well. I, I When we finish this one, I'm off to go and rewrite a, a CX deck that I'm doing a webinar on in a couple of weeks' time to talk about Infinity because I think that what they do, and I'm sure they're not the only ones in that space, but let's not be afraid to trumpet infinity.co because I think they're worthy of a shout out. Um, it's really useful and practical, as I said, tying up of those loose ends that often are a problem for marketing when it comes to, to getting that insight and then understanding the, the value in return. So yeah, please do. As Shane says, let us know what you think. I'd love to hear. Talk to talk to us. By all means, connect with Sam. Tell him what you think on drum and bass, if you want. I'm sure he's happy here, but more importantly, on CX and attribution and insight measurement. That would be really helpful. As a reminder, www.lpodcast.co.uk. That'll take you through to our LinkedIn home, where you can not only pick up this episode and that thread of chat, but equally previous episodes or indeed future if you'd like to be involved if this has inspired you to come and tell your story uh, we'd love to hear from you so as ever thank you shane thank you sam and thank you we'll see you and listen out for us soon thanks everyone